This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are happy to have you along with us for a cocktail week. Always fun with the cocktail weeks. Oh, absolutely. Especially this one, Josh. Yeah, this cocktail week is going to be really fun. Well, first of all, we're recording it on National Cocktail Day. Ooh, I'll talk about that. So, <laughs> we are uh, going to be downing some cocktails, but not just any cocktails. This week, we are doing smoked cocktails. Yeah. And Dad, what smoked cocktail are you doing? So I am doing a smoked old-fashioned. What, oh, what, yum. Which cocktail are you doing, Josh? I am doing a smoked pear and apple martini. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And we'll talk about kind of the different ways to smoke cocktails and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how I did mine and versus how you do yours. Yeah, okay. Well, well and this week we are going to start with your cocktail. Oh my goodness, that's something different. Yeah, very different. All right. Cheers, Josh. Cheers. Mm, what do you think? So, first of all, tell us how you made the cocktail. Okay. So, back in September, Marie was turning 40. Uh, she was born September 6th, and I don't know exactly what day it was, but uh, it was a whole week of activity. And that's when we did the Louisville tours on bourbons and one of the places we went was called the prohibition craft spirits and i'm going to get a shout out for steve o shepherd he was our craft mixologist for three different cocktails and i have taken one of his cocktails and adapted it and made it my own and i'll tell you you want to know exactly how i did it well yeah So, I took a blood orange, and these were little small ones. They were almost the size of little cuties. And so, I cut it in half. I also used a filthy, as he called it, cherry. And the cherries that I used are in Luxardo, the liquid there. Yeah, you didn't use the filthy brand. You used the Luxardo I used the Luxardo brand. And I took, instead of, he uses a half ounce of savory syrup, he calls it. But I used a um, cube of sugar, and then on top of that cube of sugar, I put a little bit of orange bitters, like a drop or so, and then I used like four drops, and they came out more than drops because the bottle's almost empty, of Angostura bitters, and then like one drop of cocoa bitters. And listeners, I tell you what, these bitters have gone crazy in price. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, at least around here. Well, here in Arkansas, and I, I was talking to the guys when I bought the cocoa bitters because I didn't have that in the house. They're all now like twelve ninety five, and they used to be like four ninety five. Yeah, it's crazy. There so, are some places on the internet you can still find them, but I mean, I've seen them. I've seen Angostura bitters as high as twenty bucks. Oh, well, okay. M- must be a bigger bottle than what I've got. No, for the four-ounce bottle. Oh, well, goodness. Price is <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's totally crazy. And so so you got that sugar, you got the bitters, and I took those a small blood orange, and I cut it in half, and I used the whole half, and mold that all together. And then on top of that, I used some bourbon and I forget what kind of Mickers. Mickers. Yeah. Mick Mickner's bourbon. 
And Steve-O's recipe was two ounces. Well, I've got this jigger that's like two and a quarter. So why not use two and a quarter? So <laughs> threw in two and a quarter. And so then you, you mull that together. You don't shake it. What you could do, I guess you could shake it. But you got all you got all that fruit in there. So you stir it a good 15 seconds. I started to say minutes. 15 <laughs> seconds with ice to get it really good and cold. And then what you do is because you're going to use a smoker, you pour that on fresh big cube, okay? And I used an orange zest, but I actually put the orange peel and everything in the glass. And then I put one of these Luxardo cherries in there. And then the way I smoke it is I've got this new toy. And you put the little chips of wood. And on this one, there's four different kinds of wood. But on this one, I used oak. You fire it up with you like your little torch. Get that. You get those chips going and you get enough smoke in there that fills up the rest of the glass. And then you quickly put a lid on it. So you get some good smokiness. It's amazing what it does to this drink. Yeah, so every drink you get that like hint of, you get this like light hit of oak smoke, which oak smoke to me is campfire smoke. It's it's not not barbecue smoke. Yeah, when we we get uh, firewood for the fireplace outside or the fireplace inside, it's always oak. Yeah, most of, most of the time you're gonna find oak, a, a good hardwood oak. That's gonna be your your wood. We're not in pine country enough to where to where we'd use pine. Well, pine is a soft wood and it's got rosin in it, and it's terrible to to uh, to use as a campfire because that rosin will get hot and it'll pop out on you, and if if it gets on you, it's gonna burn a hole in your arm. So right. no, we stay away from that. And uh, we're not in mesquite. Now, we are in hickory. So you could get, I think it'd be an extra cost, but you can get hickory. And I use some. I used to use hickory to smoke my food, but now I use applewood to smoke with. Right. Well, and so there's a lot of, there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. Well, first of all, the way you do it, you use a, what's called a glass top smoker. So yeah. like you said, it sits right on top of the glass. The smoke goes in, you kind of fill up the headspace of the glass, and you just let it sit. Now, there are other smokers where you they like call bell curve, where you fill up like a big, it almost looks like a bell, an upside mm-hmm. down bell, and then you cover the drink with it. And those are two different ways that you can smoke a whole cocktail like you did. In fact, in fact I saw one uh, on the internet I started to buy, but it's a lot more expensive. That it has some way that you put the you put the wood down in where the where the torch is, and then there's this tube, and you can put the tube underneath saran wrap on your popcorn or saran wrap on whatever. That's another method. Mm-hmm. But that one's pretty pricey. The smoking gun, that's what they call those. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like a little fan in there that pushes the smoke through, but. And it gives it, like you said, it gives a really nice, nice extra campfire smokiness to the drink that's not too much. Like, I get it every time I go back to it. But 
the sweetness, you know, the fruitiness of the the fruit that you muddled in this old fashioned continues to come through and doesn't doesn't allow the smoke to overpower the drink. So there's probably as many old fashioned recipes as there are bars and homes. <laughs> yeah. Because you can make it any way you want to. You can do it as simple as and I say simple as using simple syrup, your bitters, probably just Angostur, and then your bourbon and your ice. And shake it, pour it in your drink, you're ready to roll. Yeah. I mean that's the I mean, we've talked about this before. The literal definition of an old fashioned drink is sugar, bitters, and spirit. Mm-hmm. It's not even doesn't have to be bourbon. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be any sort of whiskey. You could do a a brandy old fashioned or vodka old fashioned. Exactly. So, but this is really good. So, why did you decide to smoke an old fashioned? Then, well, the first thing I did, well, the little the little uh, smoking butane set I got it only had four recipes and one of them was Negroni and I tried that the other night and that just didn't seem to work it had two other recipes but the the one that I thought I would really like and I do is this old fashioned and it really works well and the kit came with four different kinds of wood and so it's got four different recipes one for each different kind of wood yeah so this uses oak wood I think I already said that maybe, but it just seems to go well. It does. I mean, the the oak smoke matches the oakiness of from the bourbon, which is, you know, aged in oak. Mm-hmm. So compliment, you have a good compliment there. Right. So you were going to say, you said you were going to say something about National Cocktail Day. Well, today is National Cocktail Day. The day we're recording this. The day we're recording this. And you can find things on the internet. And one of the things you find is the most, let's see if I get this right. The cocktail that is drunk the most is a margarita. But the cocktail that is ordered the most, say at a bar, is the old fashioned. And that's another reason I, I picked it. Now, why is it cocktail day? Well, it it was a creation inspired by the British punches from the 18th century. So what they did is they used punches with bowls of spirit, and I think we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. And that's and that's how you do it. Well, one of the things and we've talked about this before. One of the things that happened and the popularity of cocktails grew because in the United States, prohibition happened from 1920 to 1933. Well, what happened was in the prohibition era, and they call them speakeasies, you know, there was a secret word you had to say and special knock or whatever to get into the speakeasy. And what they did is they added honey, fruit juice, and all kinds of other flavors to hide the fact there was liquor in the drink. Because there was a lot of times they would get raided. And if you had all that fruit in there, then the people raiding probably couldn't smell the alcohol in your breath. Yeah. And maybe you couldn't taste it either. 
So you had to be careful that you were drinking a bunch of them, and then you got raided, but you were, you were stinking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, what's the origin of smoke in your cocktail? Do you know? I saw something that was like the 80s. Well, actually, what I'm reading here is it goes back to 2007, and there was a, a bar fellow in 2007. His name was Eben Freeman, and he was working as a Manhattan tailor. He infused smoked cherry and Adderwood into his homemade Coca-Cola syrup. So that's how it got started, according to this. For an updated Jack and Coke, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Smoky Coke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is it's it is a relatively new thing in the world of cocktails because we have just recently, I guess you could say, received the technology to, to do it. You know, when I saw, like I said, in the 80s, what they were doing is they were smoking bourbon that went into a drink called Death and Taxes, but bourbon that they smoked... They were using Monte Cristo cigars. Oh, okay. To infuse the smoke. Awesome. In, into the bourbon, which I All don't right, know. Pa- pause it. I'll go get our cigars and we'll <laughs> see how that works. You yeah. know, and I think you and, I've, you and I have had cigars and cocktail. Oh, yeah. Or just whiskey. And I never really thought that we were actually infusing smoke into our whiskey. Well, not really. Uh, but, not really. But we were in. Okay, here's what we're doing. We were infusing cocktail into our smoke. Right. (laughs) That's different. (laughs) Right, because we'd have the flavor of the, you know, of the smoke as you're smoking a cigar, and then that mingles with the taste of the cocktail. And, you know, as, you know, thinking about cigar bars and stuff, you do have to take that into account when you're thinking about the flavors within a cocktail. Well, one of the things, too, is that, Apple would, and I don't know the mathematics or the or the chemistry. It'd be more chemistry, not mathematics. But the chemistry of apple wood and whiskey makes the whiskey taste sweeter, because apple wood is a sweet, sweet smelling mm-hmm. wood when when you smoke it. Yeah, and there is, you know, you can do all sorts of stuff with smoked cocktails. So, for example, today, Dad has smoked his whole cocktail, and it's gets a great flavor, lovely, great old-fashioned. My cocktail, I actually just smoked one element of my cocktail to bring about a different result. And then you have liquors, which are basically smoked anyway. Smoke in a glass. Here we go. Yeah, you've got mezcal. You have scotch, you know, scotch, certain scotches. I almost tricked you and did a mezcal smoke. <laughs> Dang, that would have just been smoke on smoke on smoke. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been great. So, have you ever had a smoked cocktail at a bar? No. And that's, you know, I think these, well, 2007, what I just read earlier. So, I think there was a craze in 2007, and I think it's coming back now. So, the next time maybe I go to a bar, I might have to try one. Now, I was over at the vault in Hot Springs. Oh, I can't remember when it was. It was like, I don't know, a month and a half ago. And I, I kept seeing this. And this was one of those glass boxes that they lock the box and they take it to your table. It wasn't my table, but it was a table 
pretty close to us. And then you open up, you know, the side of the box and here comes all this smoke pouring out and there's the cocktail glass in there. And so I ask about it. So if I ever go back to the vault, I might have to try that. Yeah. But I'm sure you could get it at a lot of different restaurants. I don't know. Bars in Little Rock? I don't know. I don't really know of any that are doing smoked cocktails off the top of my head. I mean, maybe 109. Maybe that um, Campbell and Craft, But it's not as popular as you think around here. Because here's the thing. It takes it takes extra time. Well, it does. And if you're in a busy bar, sometimes that's a little bit too much time. So you have to find a good craft cocktail bar where you that's where you're most likely going to find those. And I honestly don't know. I don't know of a place that does a smoke cocktail in town. Okay. Uh, Capital Hotel, maybe. I don't think so. Really? I've never seen one on their menu. Okay. But that would be the the caliber. Bar and Grill over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over 111. But that would be the caliber of place that I would expect it. Now, the other way that you can use smoke in a cocktail is as a garnish. You know, the whole idea about a smoke is to enhance the experience of mm-hmm, your cocktail. Mm-hmm. You know, you're adding an extra visual element. You're adding in more sensory by using your nose and you have a little bit more sight because mm-hmm. it's really cool. Like you talked about with the box that, you know, just opens right. and the smoke wafts out. The funny thing was those two people that were at that restaurant, he he would open up the box and she's on her phone doing whatever. And then he's, he sips a couple sips and the next thing he's on his phone. It's like, what? <laughs> so the, the Penningness Club... A gentleman's club in 1881 in Louisville, Kentucky, claims the old-fashioned cocktail as what they invented. So, the old-fashioned has been around a long time, 1881. It's considered the original cocktail. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the granddaddy of them all. It, it's a good cocktail. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, like I said, it depends on how you want to make it. You can make it all in kind of different ways. And like I did, you know, I I took this Prohibition recipe and I did, made it my own by using the the uh, blood oranges and then doing a couple other changes. So And smoking it. Of course, it wasn't smoked at Prohibition. You said that you had a, you tried a smoked Negroni. Mm-hmm. What wood did they tell you to use? Uh, Applewood, I think. And what what was what was not okay with that one to you? You know, one of the things I was learning how to do is to not burn the wood and the burnt flavor go into the the drink, and maybe that's partly what happened. But the other thing that I didn't like was just the smokiness of the drink of the Negroni. Just didn't it didn't. It didn't fit my, you know, appetite. Right. Now, maybe, you know, maybe cherry wood would. I don't know. Or cinnamon. I don't know about cinnamon, but yeah. I'm not sure what drink I would use cinnamon to smoke. Hmm. Well, you know, we were talking about the garnishes. And, you know, you can also just smoke a garnish or have a smoking garnish. Well, which we did when we did um, the Halloween cocktails. Yep. 
what was mine called? Uh, something graveyard. Yeah, something graveyard, and I had the rosemary that was uh, smoking. Yeah, you, I've seen. That's kind of been the standard one that I've seen is a smoldering rosemary mm-hmm. stem. You know, Jordan had one at the Bourbon Oak Bar in her Bloody Mary. Okay, and you know that element just keeps adding to the cocktail. And rosemary has a very distinct smell just by itself, and those oils as they burn would be really distinct. Uh huh. It's a great. It's a great. If well, you we can get it to smolder and not just catch. Well, fire. We, we saw it the other night at uh, Table Twenty Eight. There was a, a big group, and one of the ladies ordered some cocktail, and I wasn't sure what it was, but it had that smoldering rosemary. And it was... I could smell it. I could smell the rosemary, but I love the smell of rosemary, so it was not offensive. Right. And maybe if it was, you know, something else, it would have been offensive. <laughs> now, you could do a brandy old-fashioned. Have you tried that? Nope. Well... And this is kind of the idea that I got with what I was doing is I kind of looked on this internet and found that. And, you know, they use the orange slices and the cherries and the sugar and the bitters, and but they mix it with brandy. So I might have to try that someday. Just like just like making a Negroni that's not <laughs> that's not gin, you can you could use cognac or you could use brandy or you could use, you know, whatever. Yep. Some good bourbon. Well, you use good bourbon in old fashioned. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm still drinking on it, but I don't have a whole lot left to talk about. I mean, this is one of my favorite drinks, mm-hmm. smoked or otherwise. And the idea that, you know, I just love the idea of Louisville, Kentucky, and all the bourbon. And I should have tried Sazerac or some rye. I think that would have gone well with this old-fashioned yeah i think i mean i personally love rye old fashions anyway that's my preferred way to drink them mm-hmm. is with rye whiskey mm-hmm. but yeah it would be good i think it just lends it the smoke lends itself to whiskey very easily yes now if you're using a heavily peated whiskey or a mezcal or something like that you have to be careful because you don't want it to be overwhelming yeah, so I think the idea here would be to take, you know, a Highlands Scotch or maybe a Speyside and use the smoke on top of that as opposed to a really smoky Scotch and trying to add more smoke to it. Right. Or a Mescal. Right. Well, and, in, and also, so Dave got one of these for Christmas. Oh, he did? And I was, t- yeah, the same, not the exact same one, but a, a glass top smoker. Okay. And I was talking to him and Steven, because Steven got one as well. Oh, man, you're the only one that hadn't got one. <laughs> That's okay. Kevin didn't get one either. No, it's all right. Uh, so, your birthday's going. No, not for a long time. Anyway, so I, I was chatting with them about it, and kind of seeing you know what they've done any tips and tricks or anything like that and one of the things that they both said was treat the smoke as an ingredient exactly because it it can very easily get over smoked right and just take over which i don't think you've done here well there wasn't much room in the glass to add smoke right 
I did fill up with smoke. But, it, you know, it, it's funny. You put the lid on it, and then the smoke starts dissipating, but maybe it's actually going into the drink. Yeah, it doesn't dissipate. It, go, it infuses into the drink, which is kind of what, you know, the whole point of it is. I messed up, Josh. I brought us some, some snacks, and one of the things I brought were chips. And the other thing I brought was Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks. And I wanted to try the Cracker Jacks with my drink. It goes pretty well. I'm going to sip your drink. No, I'm not giving you a sip of my drink. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, that does go good. Well, yeah, that burnt caramely cracko jackiness. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Well, what else do you want to know? No, I mean, I mean, we don't have to talk. We can always try an old fashioned with a different type of wood. Of course. That's the whole. Like, that's the great thing about this is there's so many different types of wood that you can use. There's so many different ways you could smoke it. Like, did they get four different woods or did they get a bunch more? I can't remember. Okay. Can you remember what uh, I think what just, they tried? I think Stephen used oak and Stephen just smoked straight bourbon. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what Dave used, but he said, he you know, he overdid it. It, like, kind of ruined his first one. Oh, was too much? too much smoke, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I think he did a smoked old fashioned. Okay. But I'm not sure with which wood. Oh, okay. So are now, you getting, oh. the Manhattan has vermouth in it. So, a, you know, a, a sweet vermouth. So I think if you did a Manhattan, you got the same, you could use the same whiskey as this and you got the Angster bitters and then you got the sweet vermouth. I think if you use maybe a sweeter, wood such as the apple wood or maybe even the cherry yeah i think that would work work really well i don't i'm concerned what will really go with the cinnamon i'm gonna have to research that are you just trying cinnamon is so pungent i mean we have cinnamon on our oatmeal but cinnamon in a drink i don't think i've ever well i've had a cinnamon stick in a drink Smoldering? Hmm? Smoldering? Have you ever had a no, smoldering no. Uh-uh. stick? No, I have. Uh-uh. So that was good? What yeah. drink was it? I mean, it was a, I think it was just an old-fashioned or some play off of one. Oh, okay. Well, it, it just worked well. Yeah. Are you getting excited for Italy? I am. I'm really getting excited for your drink. I'm getting ready for your drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. Whenever you're ready. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get it get it stirred up because it's waiting. Okay. All right. So we have my cocktail poured up. So cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Sorry. I'm super excited because this was an untested cocktail until right now. And it's perfect. Ooh. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. So this is... Smoky apples. How'd you do that? This is a smoked apple and pear martini. And rather than smoking the whole cocktail, I actually just smoked my vermouth. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I cut up an apple and I put that apple, that cut up apple in some vermouth, a bag of, in a bag, sucked out as much air as I could put a weight on top of the bag to kind of crush the apples a little bit and let that sit for about 15 minutes. So that's a dry, dry vermouth. Yeah. A white vermouth, white vermouth. Okay. And it's actually 
an Italian vermouth called from Contrato. We talked about Contrato before, and so I infuse the apple for about 10 to 15 minutes, and then I, I took that, I dumped all that out into a decanter, and then I smoked that in the decanter for about 15 minutes. So I used apple wood, and so what I did was I put, you know, put the little glass top smoker on top of the decanter, and then I filled it up with smoke, saran wrap on top, and then I swished around the apple, the mixture for a little bit, and then after it, after it smoked, I didn't want it to over smoke, so I took off the, the saran wrap, and there was it, a lot of smoke in there. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I had to fill it because I wanted that good, mm-hmm, good smoke mm-hmm. to come in. But I know when I infuse in something that big, right? I needed to make sure I had enough smoke, right? But not too much. But not too much. And that was why I let it dissipate after a while. I was like, I want this amount of time to smoke it in. I'm gonna let it go, and then it's been sitting just kind of next to us, waiting to be made. And then I mixed. This is a, I think it, I think it's considered a fifty-fifty martini. So there's two ounces of absolute pear, okay, and then an ounce of this um, infused vermouth. Oh, okay. And stirred it up over ice. Beautiful. And and then you got a orange. Strained it out, and then I expressed an orange, an orange over it as as a garnish, something to brighten and lift it up. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I love it. It's really good, refreshing. Got enough smoke in it to make you know that it's been by the campfire. This could be, this could be a campfire drink. See, to me, it's more of a like cooking smoke. Well, it is okay, okay, like, like barbecue smoker kind of smoke. So when we go up to uh, Mount Nebo, we could sit on the porch or cabin. What used to be called sixty three, now they renumbered it as five. But we could sit there on the porch and just have this as the sun went down. And it would be lovely. You wouldn't have to worry about the smoke. No, it's... You wouldn't have to worry about the cocktail. And I think if you got the sun just right, you could get a beautiful sunset, sun streaming into this glass with a reflection onto the rock. And that's just, like, I'm I'm very happy with this. You know, apple and pear work so well together. And that light hint of smoke just kind of comes through. It's not too much. And it just kind of lingers there, and then it mixes with the pear. And it's really good. So, it's a pear liqueur. Pear vodka. Vodka, okay. Pear vodka. Pear vodka, apples, and then white vermouth. That's it. Well. And the smoke. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I mean, basically, if you want to go, it's actually a two-ingredient cocktail. Because the, the vermouth is infused with the apple and the smoke. Oh, okay. Now... I wonder what would happen if in, instead of apples, you used pears. Would we get too much? I don't think so. It'd just be a it'd be a smoked pear martini. Be lovely too. Yeah. So I was I going. Really to think so. I was and going. Which to, wood did Which wood did you use? Apple, apple wood. Uh huh. To complement yeah. that uh-huh. flavor. Yeah. Okay. So I was going back and forth on what kind of cocktail I wanted to do. Because I knew I couldn't do an old-fashioned play because you were already doing an old-fashioned. Okay. I thought about doing a play on a, a Manhattan. But what I was going to do was I was going to infuse 
I was going to infuse sweet vermouth with pear and smoke that and then use Calvados. Ooh, that would have gone great. As as that play on the but I decided to I decided to do this because I really wanted to show how you don't have to use a barrel aged spirit in your smoked cocktail. Mm-hmm. And if you really think about it, there are and if you think about because I think if we had smoked this whole cocktail, that's it would have just been done. That's it. That's all you would have got was smoke. Well, maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, think about vodka. Well, because you had it already in the big decanter. Right, but what a, it would have been too much. No, what I'm saying is, like, if I would have built the cocktail, you know, if I would infuse the apple and the vermouth, and then kind of like you did yours, build the cocktail, then smoke the whole thing on the coupe glass. Yeah, on the coupe glass. I think it would have just been way too much smoke. Yeah, and that's you know, if you start thinking about when you use smoke as an ingredient, you don't have to smoke the whole thing. You can just smoke part of it. Exactly, which I think was really interesting with the vermouth. Yes. So if you got a if you got a three part cocktail, you've got three equal parts. That's like a Negroni, one one and one, and this could be one one and one, and one of the ones is smoke. And that way, you're not too much smoke. You don't want a one one two smoke. Right. So yeah. What are you doing over there? You're doing some smoke. Well, I'm going to try the vermouth by itself. Oh. Without the smoke? What? No, without the pear vodka. Oh, okay. But you got beautiful apples in there. Right. So so what's the exact <laughs> amount? Did you, did you cut the whole apple up? Yeah. So he had a whole red apple. I'm not, And I don't even know what kind of apple it was. So it's like a whole apple. Didn't have a sticker on it for me to know. Probably about a half a cup to a cup of vermouth. That I put into a bag. Yeah. And then I took out as much air as I could, let that infuse with like a little bit of weight on top of it for about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the initial. So that's the that's the apple infused apple infused vermouth. So listeners, here's what happens for me. So I take a little sip. Boom, I get apple. Boom, I get pear. Boom, I get smoke. And then I get I get that vermouth. It's like a one, two, three punch. Yeah, and you got a little, you got a little uh, orange peel in here. Yeah, just to brighten it up because it needs a little and, and brightening. What about a lemon peel? That might have been too much, right? Maybe. I mean, I wanted to use apple because, or I wanted to use an orange because I wanted some sweetness with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want just the straight brightness of a lemon right well, this is good yeah you're gonna have to give this formula to dave and and uh who'd you say steven steven a smoker yeah i'll have to i'll have to tell them about it but it's it's a really good thing i mean just initially the apple infused mm-hmm. so the apple infused vermouth i think is over smoked like i tried it by itself and it's just straight smoke oh really right but the addition of that's why the no smoke in the pear, it really kind of gives you that. It cuts down, it cuts through, cuts through that smoke and brings it down a little bit. Okay. 
All right. This is, we got some good cocktails here today, Josh. Opens the door to so many other things. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Way too Ooh. smoked. Ooh. So that's what I taste when I taste the Freud. Uh, no. <laughs> that's, uh, no, I didn't it's say what it is. I no, said that, it's not that smoky. To me, okay, that okay, is. Okay, okay. It's that smoky. That. So, listeners, I did the same thing Josh did. I poured some of the uh, vermouth into my glass. And that is major smoke. Yeah. So I think maybe because you had that full decanter and you filled it completely up with smoke. Right. That's what happened. If you had only filled it maybe to the bowl. So this decanter that we're looking at is is a bell shaped with a horizontal flute. And if so, if I think you filled the bell shape to the to the brim instead of all the way up to the to the flue it would have been just right well i don't know no, wait a minute i was gonna it's say just, in the, the drink the total cocktail is just right isn't it yeah in the cocktail it works so we're not just drinking okay. yeah we're not just drinking that straight i think you uh, know stand correct but i think i think i could have smoked it less yeah well that's in where general. i was headed that's where i was headed so I wonder where else in the world they do smoky cocktails. I'm sure it's catching on worldwide now. I'm going to check. Because, I mean, have you ever seen one in Italy? No. I got nothing to talk about. I tried to talk about your trip to Italy, but then you started talking about the cocktail. <laughs> You're looking up that. I'm sipping my cocktail, <laughs> which I think is absolutely delicious. Where are people smoking cocktails? Let's see what that says. Anyway, I didn't get anything that made any sense. Yeah. Oh, maple. Maple is another versatile wood for smoking cocktails. We ought to try that. I mean, any wood that you use. I wouldn't use. I would not use mesquite. I don't know. I think you could. I think you could, but I'm not so sure. Uh, I mean. Why, why do you think it wouldn't work with mesquite? Because it's so earth, dirt oriented. Okay. Then I'm not sure, you know, I just don't think that earth, dirt oriented smoke for the old fashioned would work. Maybe it would for mezcal. Okay. <laughs> because that's what mezcal is. I mean, they, they dig a hole, they put them. They put the agava in the hole and they fire it up and they cover it, right? Uh huh. And so that might work for. Well, but Moscow, Moscow's already smoked up already. Well, and so if you're going to use a if you're going to use a a smoke like that, you have to balance it mm -hmm. in the cocktail. So you'd want to balance it with the opposite of that: fruity, right? Sweet, right? Those sorts of flavors that would create a balance for that so actually maybe this particular drink that we're drinking right now would go with i don't know ah, i don't know there well you just said well but this isn't this isn't sweet no but it's got all that fruit in there it could more yeah. fruit. i mean maybe you know i'd have to be careful with how much smoke is used exactly and it would add it would add a different depth, and mm -hmm. the cocktail would be. Sh and I'm sorry, this is going to sound really weird, 
the cocktail would be shaped different. So a lot what of times, color, what color would it be? Well, I mean, right <laughs> now it's kind of like bright light green, like yes. that green. I was going to really, say really bright. I was going to say uh, I thought like you were going to say yellow. No, we're not quite there because there's there's that green apple like hair kind of skin color. But I mean, something with mesquite, you know, would probably bring it down a little bit more to an earthy tone, and it would give it more edges. It would give it harder, kind of harder edges, I think. Yeah. So what what would we use for a margarita? Maybe so, maybe that cinnamon. I don't think I don't think so. I don't either. I would use probably. Depending on the tequila itself, I'd probably either use oak or something along the line that's going to give a little bit more depth and body to it. Like, kind of like you said, like, you know, oak, hickory, mesquite, those sorts of things that give a little bit more depth to it that would almost kind of make it like a mezcal Negroni. Mm-hmm. What I mean, well, I mean, when we did the mezcal one, I kind of said it would taste like it reminded me of cherry wood. Okay, listeners, tell us what you think about this. So <laughs> we're just guessing over here. This is our first experience with the with the smoked cocktails, and maybe you guys have had a whole lot more experience than we have. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'm still sipping on my cocktail, but we we're kind of running out of stuff to say. So let's go ahead and. Uh, Okay, Go ahead and talk about next week. What are we? Uh, next week is going to be a wine week, right? And I try to get you to talk about Italy because you're about okay. to go. Talk, talk about <laughs> you're, Italy. We're you're, going. April, you're about to go in okay, Italy. April 11th. We're going to Rome. Now you don't have to give us the whole itinerary. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying that's Italy, and then I'm not sure how many days we're in Rome, and then we're going to go to the Amalfi Coast, and then. Uh, not sure where, you know, there's a lot of things to see at the Monte Coast. And no, we're not driving. We're not that stupid. We've got a driver. And uh, with with your mom and my niece, uh, we'll be careful to not hurt ourselves. We'll probably say, Gene, Becky, we'll catch up with you. And <laughs> yeah. Hail taxi. <laughs> <laughs> but we end up coming back to Rome and we meet some Americans there. And gonna have a good time, so we're we're gonna be gone um, almost three weeks. This time, you guys are doing kind of southern. That's correct. Like the backside in southern Italy. That's correct. Right. Yeah, that's correct. I want to go back to uh, Castle Lapache, but that's not gonna happen this time. <laughs> not this trip. No. But I think we're gonna see. We're going <laughs> Becky and, and Jean did not go to Rome, so that this will be all new to them. Mm. And we we. Uh, we know some of the ropes there. I say the ropes, the traps, the whatever. You know, we know some of the the uh, rooftop bars, and we have a hotel that has a rooftop for a restaurant and bar. So we know some of that. We already did our thing with the Vatican. <laughs> that was so much walking for. It's, it's a this, lot of walk. The, the, the Vatican well, tour the is a lot of walking. If you haven't been to the Sistine Chapel, you want to go. But here's what happens. You you do all this walking, you finally get to the Sistine Chapel, and you find out that it's so much smaller than you expected, and you're cricking your neck looking up and seeing those things you've probably seen already on, you know, on the internet. And, uh, you know, you walk for two hours, and then you walk back and say, a beer, please. <laughs> 
you know, for me with the Sistine Chapel, it wasn't because it is. It's really it's very very high. Yeah, very very the high. The ceiling, ceiling is like what? And what would you say? Twenty twenty five? No, feet? it's probably forty to fifty feet. Oh, what up there? It's, it's way. Feet. Yeah, it's way. It's way up there, and so it is kind of hard to see the ceiling and and all the frescoes. But for me, it was it wasn't really about be seeing the frescoes. It was just about being in there and all the history that's happened exactly. in that chapel when it comes. Well, to I did. I did sit back down. in succession and everything. I did. You know, after crooking my neck, I did sit down and just kind of take it all in. Well, the two the two frescoes at each end exactly. are right. a- absolutely amazing as well. That's right. But anyway, so you're going to Italy coming up. And so our next wine week will be what, Dad? Well, we said we'd do white Italian wines. And I went, ugh. Because I'm more a red wine person. I'm kind of like Jordan when it comes to red wine, and especially Italy. So I think I'm going to try to find one that's called Sava. Okay. A Suave? Not Italian. A Suave? Mm-hmm. Like Rico. Okay. Suave. I will look for that one and hopefully I can find it. And what are you going to do? Um, I am going to do... I haven't quite decided yet. There's a couple I'm kind of got it down to. I've kind of got it down to a Verdicchio from Santa Barbara, which is the winery, not you know the region in California. There's also some fun... Wait a minute. We said Italian. Yeah. It's okay. from the Marche region of France, but the winery is called Santa Barbara. And it's in Italy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, thought you said Calif- I thought you said California. No, I said not the region in oh. California. Oh, okay. I missed it. There's also some fun wines coming up from the north that I might I might switch over to do instead. Or who knows? Maybe some sparkling wine. But Well, I looked at sparklings and, yeah, I hope you do a sparkling. Yeah. So, anyway. We will we will see what what comes of it and well if you've uh, with made prosecco it, I mean uh, not prosecco but uh, you know there's so many there's so many Italian wines I mean oh yeah there's like 500 different grapes yeah okay <laughs> in the yeah. in the country of Italy alone or something like four three hundred eighty two or something it's 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 insane yes but. If you've hung with us for this long on a cocktail episode, thank you for being with us. We really appreciate you being here. Uh, Remember, out there on the socials, give us a like, follow on those. We would really love a star. If you like what we're doing, give us a star rating on your favorite podcast platform. If you just want to send us an email, acquiredtastings at gmail.com. This was a good one, guys. Yeah, lots of fun. Cocktails, yeah. So for you all still of, got some left. I do still have some left. All right. So for all of us here at Acquired Tastings, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.